Hi, this is John Ryan with uh, Team Handball News, and back with me is Joey Williams from the Detroit Handball Club. And hey, what's the deal with Detroit Handball Club? I look at the European teams, they're like envious of uh, the American Navy naming convention, you know, like the Washington Wizards or the Detroit Pistons or, you know, uh, Detroit Tigers. I mean, look, you look at, you got Berlin Foxes, you know, the Rhine Necker Lions, you know, like the new clubs typically in Europe are, they're, they're jumping on the, uh, the city region plus mascot team name. And, and I get, I get a little annoyed with like all our like soccer clubs in the U S like, ooh, I don't know, uh, Atlanta United and, you know, screw that. We're Americans. Why can't we have uh, traditional American mascots, naming conventions? Thoughts? Oh, I've got thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, I, it's, it is, it's, that's, that's a topic I think that there's valid arguments on both sides. Yeah. For me, I think the spirit of um, representing the community and in a way that's authentic and without um i mean limiting the gimmicks um is probably is more where my head's at i'm also kind of a you know me like the the danish way of of life is uh had an impact on me and so like the idea of scan being a uh, a tiny town and them just rep i mean they are and that's a terrible example because they're the stars so Look at me. Uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll be the Detroit. I don't know, cars or something. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Just the idea of authentically representing the city in a way with as little frills as possible resonates with me. Um, I mean, the <laughs> I think there's a, the MLS is a little bit silly with the, like the Real Salt Lake or uh, Sporting Kansas City. That just a little bit, but like I don't know. Just keeping it simple. Detroit that's that's where I was getting at. I, I I kind of almost sense sometimes, like from a marketing standpoint, that sometimes the the European clubs are envious what uh, the U.S. sports teams have done, and they've they've started to, you know, create mascots just just to you know like Keel. They don't say they're the Keel zebras, but they got that goofy zebra running around. Um, I, you know, I, I guess that's my point. You know, it's like well, maybe Detroit should have a, you know, a nickname. Maybe that can be a, uh, maybe that can be a social media frenzy. You know, people can select among four different uh, 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 possibilities to, to name the Detroit mascot. I think we've got much bigger problems to solve in Detroit before we get to the, the mascot conversation. <laughs> what, John, if we're, if we are to the point where it's like, okay, how do we get more fans than, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll revisit that discussion, but right now it's a matter of yeah. So, yeah. so we're gonna shift. We're gonna shift the discussion here a little bit, and that was kind of a kind of a lead in a, a bit to to talk a little bit about social media and and social media presence because I, I made some friends on on Twitter uh, when I was a little critical, skeptical um, of some of the campaigns, if you will, and and not. Not just uh, mostly, mostly through Detroit, because you guys are very active. 
and and that it, it, it garners a lot of attention. And I, I guess I look at social media as a tool to to get the word out of of the great things that you're doing. But sometimes sometimes I feel like in the handball uh, community a little bit we get into the uh, attention for attention's sake. And um, it becomes a, it comes a little bit of a, uh, you know, what are we, what are we trying to accomplish? And, and probably the most prominent one where I was just shaking my head was, and, and maybe I've got this wrong, but when the shack of handball was announced as a Detroit ambassador, I was like, what, what is this? I mean, is this, you know, as an ambassador, is it just, I mean, he's a cool guy. I loved watching him play, you know, and, and I'm talking about Gautier uh, Mouvambi, uh, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, who was kind of a sensation during the world championships. Uh, give him the ball. He's going to suck it in and he's going to score. And, uh, you know, it was fun to watch and it became, became like a big thing. And um, so, let, let, you know, let's start from that. And, and maybe, you know, maybe I'm an old school guy and maybe I just don't get social media entirely. So talk about the newest ambassador uh, to Detroit handball and, and what his role is. There's a lot there, John. There's a lot there in what you just said. I'll, I'll tackle it in two parts. I'll tackle in the social media part first uh-huh. and um, the legend of Gautier second. Um, but we live in a world for better or for worse, where there's a there's a real you and there's a there's a virtual you, where um, your presence online, for better or for worse, is your presence to the rest of the world. Um, so I don't think, I think it's more important than just uh, a simple tool. I think manicuring and making sure that you are giving the best um, and most engaging version of yourself online on social media is paramount to what we're to, to just any sort of business, maybe not any sort, but to the business that we're in. Um, and it shows and it shows um, in the form of Gautier. So, uh, and, oh, and you know what, actually, before I move on, here's an example. We've, you and me, uh, I consider we have a good relationship. We've met sure. in person maybe three times max, but I feel like we, we have a, a pretty good uh, I would call it a friendship. <laughs> I would call it a friendship, John Ryan. So there it is. I consider you a, a handball friend. Um, we engage through social media quite a bit and we, uh, you know, have gotten to know each other. So social media is very important. And that's why we, we emphasize that quite a bit. Well, yeah, def- definitely. But I guess, I guess my point is, um, I think it's important to get the word out and get get folks in it's how you how people found you to to join your to join your team mm-hmm. and i think that's a it's, it's a tremendous tool i mean i I'm, I'm thinking back when i was doing my clubs if 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 we had had maybe what was that myspace maybe myspace was was there in dc when i was trying to start a team and i'm like oh wow we could have really gotten a lot of uh a lot more people out there and 
part, part of it, part of it sometimes, and I, I think you kind of brought it in, it's, it's, it's what people see and it's the, it's, it's the vision, it's the vision that you have, but sometimes I, I, you know, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like the, the perfect couple with all their great trips that, you know, and look at my kid that's, you know, going to Harvard and, and, and whatnot, but then the reality behind that is, uh, you know, they're getting divorced and, uh, the, the kids going to reform school and I, I, I get a little, sometimes I have a hard time separating reality in that facade. And I guess I'm, I'm looking at that. And, but I guess maybe the question is maybe it doesn't, maybe it doesn't really matter. You know, if, if, if the, if the, if the goal is to, is to grab attention, is that kind of where you were going or not quite help me out um, here? You have, you have to back it up in person because you can only be a social media account for so long before um, it becomes very, very obvious that there's no substance behind it. And so I think, again, too, that's one thing we're proud of is sure. We really go for the long ball on social media, but we back it up we back it up in, in reality. And if, you know, you can come see for yourself every Thursday, every Thursday evening, you know? Um, so it's one thing to write, like be really aggressive on social media. And then, you know, that's, you know, it, it's a balancing act too, between fake till you make, it, especially if you're just starting up, but you have to make decisions and take opportunities to, to yeah. grow your, your actual So, so you, you use the words fake it till you fake it till you make it. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take an you know, example like the, the three-on-three little yeah. tourneys that you guys are doing. As a handball purist, I, I would see that on social media, and I would go like, Joey, what are you doing? You know, and, yeah. okay, and, but, and, and to my credit, did, did I climb all over on social media and make fun of what you guys are doing? No, no not, in not, <laughs> not in that instant, not in that, not in that instant, you know, and, but cause I saw it and I'm like, well, what are they doing? That, that's not handball. Now, you know, he's, he's, he's trying to get the word out there and he's trying to get people engaged. Maybe this isn't handball anywhere close to it, but it's going to get somebody involved and maybe that person's going to get engaged. So I, I, I saw it there. And I guess this is where I'm going, like, you know, what's real, what's a facade. And, and in that instance, I looked at it and said, you know what, it doesn't really matter. He's trying to start a new club. He's trying to, to get the word out and, mm-hmm. and, and get folks engaged. Thank you. John Ryan, you're smarter than people give you credit for. All right. You, you, yeah, you, get, but, you get it. You got to, but like at some like point, like at another. some point, at some point, when you announce somebody as the ambassador for Detroit handball, this, you know, at some point I go like, come on, what, what, what does this mean? And is it just, it just, it's just a way of, of grabbing attention, which maybe you guys don't even need anymore. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me, John Ryan. Thank you so much. I'm <laughs> blushing right now because of you not watching the video. Um, well, to your point earlier, right? Um, the acknowledgement of, well, you know, to answer your kind of your question just then is like you have to have a purpose for for everything you're doing. For everything you're doing, you have to understand yeah. 
why, why am I doing this? And what's the, what's this, what's the, what's this a means to, or is this the ends? Um, so, right. Yeah. With the three V three thing, you're right. That's not handball, but you've seen the comments on our college national championship, uh, YouTube videos. I would, I'm an American. That's not handball. That's, um, gym class, something. So no offense to any superstar college athletes, but, um, that the argument, you know, the, the purest of handball, you, you have to be practical as, as far as. And, and, and let's, and let's be fair. Our college program isn't to the level that I, I would hope, hopefully we'll sit here and with more teams playing and, and more teams playing at a higher level. It was still in my, my mind, especially, you know, West Point, Virginia, uh, from a few years ago, it was handball and it was athletic and it was, to me, it was watchable and entertaining. And I was a little annoyed with the Europeans jumping on our YouTube page saying, how old are these guys, you know, et cetera, et cetera, because they didn't have context. Yeah. Whereas, whereas I was like going with the three on three thing. Context again, though, context. Context context again, context again, and what you're trying to do. And, um, but I looked at, I looked at, I, I like to think our college game is a little bit above the Detroit three on three league. Uh, we can disagree. <laughs> you, okay. Well, here's some context for you. Uh, we live in the United States of America, which is the biggest sports market, sports country on earth. Um, if you're going to tout yourself as the best in the United States, be better, be better, represent the United States and just be better. Improve yourself. There's, I, okay, this, this will be a tangent completely sure so I will limit that. but you know what okay fine if you want to be um college national champion if you it's it's one thing to beat up on little um james madison who is you know basically one very good player with his friends um and call yourself you know the best college player or college team in the united states of america it's another thing to actually become a handball player and um learn the nuances and learn how to play the game uh and with the knowledge of the fact, and I think this gets lost on many people, uh, but that a, uh, you know, 14 year, under 14 year old uh, Danish girls team um, just a dart at a map of Denmark and pick a club from any town uh, could absolutely wallop uh, the majority of teams in the United States. That's, that's, that's a reckoning. I think we need to, at some point as a community in the United States realize. I don't think it's quite at that level, nothing against 14 year old, uh, uh, girls teams in Denmark, but I, I, I give our, our, give our skill level a little bit higher, higher quality in that. <laughs> um, but, but that being said, we do have to get better. We do have to, you know, get our teams better. We need more teams playing. Um, it's, um, yeah. Yeah. I'll get off my soapbox. I just had I had to put that in there. I'm sorry. No, I I I I I fully get it. You know, I I you know, our level of play needs to improve. There's 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 no doubt about it. And I and I'm I'm happy to say I think that that there's some step processes in place and some plans in place that will definitely improve um, improve the college game. Um. Getting, getting back on the social media aspect of it, though, I'll ask again, you know, what's, what's Gautier's uh, role as an ambassador 
and what will he be doing? He is um, exciting. He's a very exciting um, player as well as figure for the, the sport of handball in general. He's, he's a, a very exciting guy. Um, and so the fact that he wanted, he wanted to work with us, um, I was very flattered and we were very flattered collectively. Um, but here's a, here's a little blast from the past during the world championship. Uh, I don't know what magazine, I think it was, might've been the athletic. Um, but one of the bloggers or reporters for that, um, company put out a video of Gautier playing and it got within two hours, probably close to a, a million views before IHF or DAZN or something uh, flagged it and took it down. I, your, your numbers are a little high. It did get some, it did Is get it? some, yes, it did it get was, some was, significant. I took screenshots. Yeah. I don't think that there was a million views. All right. Was, I think it was several thousand. 800,000 versus a million. I'm sorry, John. Ro Roger, several thousand. I don't, I don't even know if it was a hundred thousand because it got taken down. Yep. All right. And it was Roger Sherman with the ringer was okay. the, uh, was the guy that did it. And um, he had some fun, clever tweets, you know, that, that got a lot of attention and um, it was a shame. And it was like, uh, I heard that it was automatic software, you know, that, that took it down, huh. you know, which, you okay. know, what, what's the logic of that? And he had a follow on tweet that was exactly like that. I don't know, you know, if I was uh, international federation trying to get my sport more populated and, popular and there's thousands of uh follow on uh uh you know messages tweets whatever you know saying well this is cool i would do everything in my power to uh you know further promote that yeah uh, and I, I i totally agree with that especially for a media a media guy you know that this is where um he saw something and it was great i saw the same thing <laughs> I mean, that's when I saw him lumber out there and I was like, Oh, what on earth? And then I saw him like uh, a little overweight, but he's definitely got some skills. He can score goals against uh, the best players in the world. He gets the ball. He's going to score. Can't run back on defense. Cause that's a major problem, but you know what? The dude can play and he's got personality. He's fun. And totally captured that. Um, and, and that's why I think it was such a, uh, a big media moment, if you will. How can he, as being a uh, figure in our handball world, help Detroit as an ambassador? On a lot of fronts, he, he's proven that he um, captures the imagination of not just the handball community, which he has, I think, thoroughly grabbed the, the imagination of every single handball outlet and player and coach. And just, every, he's, I don't want to say the biggest star in the, in the handball world, because, um, you know, there's some, you can debate about that ad nauseum, but um, he's somebody that everyone recognizes, everyone knows. And so to have him affiliated with our brand and also um, not only in the handball world, right, he's popular, captures the imagination of American sports fans, like incredibly. Uh, one of them being the one and only Shaquille O'Neal. So um, 
the possibilities are really endless with Gautier. As a player, once we uh, are able to um, have a, a league structure or something that's interesting enough, um, but also as a, a partner um, to raise awareness for the sport in the United States. All right. I, I, I see what you're saying. I just don't see the concrete results coming from it yet. Um, but what uh, we'll see, you know, I, you know, what, what's, what's the end goal? What, what will happen that I will go like, Oh, I get it now. When you and me are uh, riding on a yacht in about 15 years, because uh, the Detroit handball club becomes the, the biggest brand in, in handball that, I mean, anything short of, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a process. There's, I don't, I, if I had a crystal ball and could figure it out, okay, I got to do X, Y, Z to get to A, B or C that would be great, but we're taking opportunities as they come and we're, we're trying to do the most with them, which again, I think it's a big Detroit thing, taking the opportunities you have running with them. All right. Well, well, let's, let's, let's explore that a little bit. Yeah. You you've made a lot of progress. You've got a lot of things moving forward. You know, you've made a lot of progress. It's been stalled out a little bit, I think, because of COVID. I think it's accelerated. Okay. Where do you see your club at the end of this season? Let's assume that there's a normal season. Where do you see your club in the uh, backdrop of the United States uh, uh, and then in the world stage, if you will? One year. Being compared to New York City already without playing our first ever official USA team handball match is one of the biggest compliments we can receive. So I want to start with that. So the fact that we're even um, in the same breath as New York City or Cal Heat, that's, I think, uh, very nice from a... Uh, in the same breath in what context? You tell me. You've, you've tweeted that we're just another New York City. <laughs> I, think, I think in terms of a social media presence, you know, in, in terms of people know what, that there is a handball club in Detroit. Splendid. Splendid. For a city to, I mean, again, while people know Detroit, uh, it's no New York City, Los Angeles, San Francisco. Okay. Like, so that's something. Yeah. All right. It's not I'm not sure if it's, if it's meaningful in, in terms of uh, concrete uh, accomplishments. Concrete accomplishments being something akin to, okay, we have 15 youth teams or um, – we're playing in the Super Globe. Com- oh, so playing in the Super Globe. All right. You, you, no, I'm asking you, competitive accomplishments or? Um, oh, okay. Marketing. Well, I think I think both probably, but that's that's kind of the question I'm asking. You know, what's what is the goal of the of Detroit? Where do you see you guys at the end of the 2022 season, and where do you see yourself at the end of the 2027 season? I learned last year that making uh, year-long predictions, maybe it's bad luck. Maybe it's just not, uh, I don't know, just kind of funny. Um, well, this is set, what we want to do. This is what we want to do. Set goals. Set, set high but achievable goals. It's the uh, first thing they teach you at the, uh, at the Air Force Academy. Excellent. Um, competitively, the best, the best first team in the United States. Whether it's, I don't know 
because the labyrinth of rules that has to do with elite qualifications and just sort of our practical uh, restrictions as far as playing an elite, um, whether we're playing an open or elite, just have the best team possible. And we can prove that in a number of ways. Um, Long-term wise, we want to be the number one brand in the sport and we want to be the Flensburg or the keel of American handball. What, in terms of the competitive where do you think you'll be at the end of at the end of uh, 2022 and then where do you want to be at the end of 2027 the best the best the best at 2027 i think quite frankly john by by 2022 we'll be even we'll just be having a different discussion because of the growth we're going to have we're going to be on a different level i think i think the sport will as well but i think um with our um, work ethic and our where we want to be, it would be, yeah, we'll be we'll be on a different level. At the end of this season, yes, this time next year. All right, you're you're going to be competing in elite. So that I mean that depends on. I thought we were going to be competing in elite in 2020, and then even before COVID, like, I guess the rules change. So I we'll, we'll play wherever we're allowed to play, but everyone will know we have the best team in the United States of America and you can, you can come in and prove us wrong. Well, I'd be willing to take, if I was a betting man and I am, <laughs> I'd be willing to take some odds on that. Good. Good. Um, you know, cause I, but I think that's a good goal to have. I think your timeline might be a little ambitious. Um, good historically teams historically teams have had to uh be, be humbled before they can they can uh reach the mountaintop anybody and, bring it. and i can speak from personal experience on that um that uh um unless you're doing some outstanding recruiting and um it's going to take you a while to get to the mountaintop what if I told you that we had two players who have trained, three players that have trained with a Champions League caliber club? What if I told you we had a man of the match for the IHF World Championships willing to get on a plane right now? And, and some people, too, that are just waiting in the wings that I won't even mention. What if I told you, John Ryan? I would say, Joey, you're never going to be one of those guys to put together a mercenary team to win a title. Mercenary you want to do it. Professional. What? Mercenary or professional team. There's a difference. Uh, well, there are professional teams that are clearly mercenary to some extent. So would you call like the, what is it? Like the Colorado avalanche mercenary because they have Canadian and whatever. Um, if they were an amateur team. So, I mean, I think if you, if you're an amateur team and you're bringing in, uh, ringers, if you will, or jokers from a European context to, to make your team better, to win a title, you know, that's mercenary. And everybody in the U.S. to, to different levels has been guilty of that. Um, I, you know, both New York and San Francisco have plenty of players on their teams that don't even live in the cities where they practice. Look at Los Angeles quote unquote team handball. <laughs> Los Angeles, Los Angeles a couple years ago was a joke. Yeah. Uh, they weren't Los Angeles. So, um, 
especially especially if you if you if your national title is a a one off one weekend tournament. Um, you know, I, I like to see us have. Quite frankly, this is why I'm a bigger proponent of the college game than our club games. At least there is some modicum of roster consistency and control where everybody's playing with the same playing field. Whereas our national championships is like, you but know, what advantage do I have over anyone else in, in American handball? I am everyone in the United States of America is just as capable and has the same resources. I'm not some billionaire or um, savant who can you know do this. I'm just a guy who's willing to work hard. And, and you know what, too, to the amateur um, point, you're right. It might right now be amateur and look around. That's all it is. But you know what? You have to you have to dress for the job you want almost and say, you know what? If we want this to be professionalized, if we want to take this seriously, we have to take ourselves seriously. Uh, but, but, but if you were to bring in a bunch of guys to, to beef up Detroit at the national championships, uh, you know. What's to stop another team from doing the same thing? There are some controls in terms of people have to play like in, in certain events in order to get on the roster. Not as much as I would like to see, but there are some, there are some requirements in terms of, uh, in terms of what will get you on a national team, a not national team, a national championship tournament roster. I'm not sure exactly what those rules are. I don't think anybody does. Well, I, I think there, I think there's a rule book. I don't know how closely it's followed. I think you have to play at least one event prior to you go to national championships. So if you're going to bring in some guys from Europe to come play, they'd have to come, I don't know, play in a tournament in Chicago or something or West Point in order to uh, be able to play on Detroit at the national championships. You'd probably need those guys too in order to get the points, if you will, to qualify. I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly how it works. Um, and, and again, this is exactly why I'm more in favor of the collegiate game because there at least there's some level of uh, playing field in terms of what the rosters are. Yeah, but if that playing field is not disgracefully bad, but like very poor, and there's no catalyst to say, let's take it up a notch, then what are we doing? Well, I mean, are, are you, you're saying if you're not going to, if you're not going to tighten the rules, I'm going to, I'm going to. No, I'm saying, you know what, if we like, just because we're quote unquote amateur doesn't mean we have to act like that. And we can, we can take this seriously and professionally because you care about this. I care about this. So many other people care about this sport and it's, it's disgraceful and, and a shame that we can't organize as a community and, and um, not only just make this, I mean, what we have right now is special, right? But, but it's not good enough. It's not good enough. And we have to do better and find out ways to do it. And if but, I mean, but you doesn't don't have this, to the ball, you don't, nobody does. So we, but isn't this, isn't this counter to what's your, the good work that you're doing now in Detroit, building in house with players to uh, only to say, sorry to, you know, those guys, when you come to the national championship roster, I'm bringing in, I'm bringing in Laszlo Naj to, to beef up our roster to, uh, and yeah, you're not going to play at nationals now. 
I never said I that. want Detroit I said, to win a title. No, I never said that. Remember the first thing I said too, when we started on this discussion is I'd have three American born guys who went to high school and who played little league baseball and who uh, watched the tigers as a kid go to the best club in Portugal to train with some of them being invited to come back and with the subsequent opportunities popping up. So there's, there's, I, I know I, I can, there's a lot, we have options at our disposal to, to be the best. So that's really what I'm trying to say is that we are capable of achieving the goal of that. All right. Well, all right. On multiple fronts. I, I, I'm skeptical as to those three guys leading you guys to a national title. All right. Oh I hope you guys hear this, Chris, Chris, and Jay. That's sure. Sure. Now I, you know, you know, playing for a week in, in, in Portugal is, is, is nothing compared to the experience level of some of the players that you would be playing with playing against in the U S you know, that's why, that's why I tweeted the one time, you know, I said like Detroit versus New York city handball match, you take who you got, you take what New York city puts at nationals sight unseen. You guys are losing by double digits. Benny, let's make that happen. Let's let's uh, let's make that happen, Benny. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm sure Benny might be a little bit more diplomatic, you know. Maybe I don't know, but he's a, he's a nice. Guy. I, I'm 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 serious. I mean, if you guys were to have your team head out to Chicago, and you played uh, after a year of them not playing any handball, I would put money on our team. New York City would be a there'd be a challenge, but we have some players, John Ryan. We have some players, John Ryan. Have they ever played a real match? Yes. Every week we have official refs. We have uh, full 30 by 30. We have coaches. We play on a full court. I, I, I understand that, but they, they, they but the but the level of play is nowhere near of what I've seen from NIAC, NYC, San Francisco. NIAC. Um, I just, just from looking at it, I can they lost tell. to a middle school all-star team in Chicago in 2019. Come again. Nyack lost to Craig Groats, like middle school all-star team in 2019 in the Chicago Michael Lepov tournament. So I, if I'm not mistaken, there was at least one or two uh, guys that had played before on that team. So all you need is one or two guys to win a handball match, John? Well, against against an old Nyack team that probably against an old Nyack team that probably didn't have some of their other players. Sure, they had they had their whole suite of, of all star players. But um, suffice it to say, I don't even know where we how we ended up here. But um, like I said, that's our goal. I'm I'm not backing down from that. We're going. All to right. Well, I say you're going to have to back it up by playing some matches. Oh, we're playing every. Playing some matches play against the best teams. In order to Bring get better, you have to play better teams. What That's teams a given. Right now? What? what? What teams are out there playing games right now? There, there's a pandemic. There was a pandemic in Michigan, too. Yeah. Well, not single, no, I, not single I, I give you credit for what you're doing, all right? But don't talk about beating NYC when you have not played – that level of team before and to me to me as an observer of handball in the u.s for many years has seen many teams come and go 
I, I'm, I'm more than open to being incredibly surprised, but you know, let's, let's get that, you know, like you said, Benny, let's make it happen. Let's, let's uh, let's, and until uh, it happens, I'll keep talking. Well, so that's well, some added when, pressure for you, John, put the, turn the, turn the screws and make it happen. Well, there's tournaments that you guys can go compete in. What's you know? right now? Well, I, you know, there's, there's tournaments every year that you can go compete in. They, you know, Carolina has a tournament that maybe the NYC will be at. Who knows? But until you until you even play one of those teams, count me as skeptical. Okay, well, let's use this as a soundbite for this episode. Any single individual, collective, or just club in the United States of America that wants to, to push us and, and to call our bluff on being the best team in America, you know where to find us email detroithandballclub at gmail.com we will put a match together and we will play and it will be great and it will have fun and detroit will win this is a lot of talk for a team that has never won anything put it out there put it out there and let's see it happen <laughs> well I, I i love it we'll uh we'll save this sound clip and i'll I'll, I'll post that um let's talk a little bit about the guys that went to portugal what was the genesis for that and, and who said, you know what, let's go train for a week in Portugal during the middle of a pandemic. How did what that the, happen? What does the pandemic have to do with it? Well, it just traveling to Europe was an issue. Had to be. We made it happen. <laughs> I, I understand. You know, tell, tell us how that, how that came to be. Yeah. So um, we, thankfully, the, the people over at Sporting, um, sporting, sporting CP. I don't want to butcher the uh, proper pronunciation of uh, uh, the beautiful uh, Portuguese language, but um, they were uh, extremely, extremely um, great to work with um, and welcoming. And we got connected with them and they invited us to, to come train uh, because they are visionaries, forward thinkers, and they want to see the sport of handball grow in the U.S. and they want to be a resource for anyone willing to um, for, for a club like us to, who's willing to put in the work and, and make it happen. So they graciously invited us and, um, worked with, and we have a great relationship with them. Um, and so I, I just asked our, our guys and they were, they went. So, so you guys, you guys, uh, flew to Portugal and you trained with sporting for a week. Yep. Was that was that their first team, second team, a mixture of both? Second, uh, mixture of both, mixture of both actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we worked with uh, um, Carlos Can Canairo. Again, I'm going to butcher the, the beautiful uh -huh. Portuguese language, but um, the former captain of the Portuguese national team, he's uh, their developmental coach, and uh, he was amazing. And the difference in that one week with these guys is tremendous and they were already good athletes they became handball players and now and now okay so worst case worst case they never play another game now we have three americans who have experience playing at that level who can be coaches who are now player coaches for our team and who understand who have seen the problem they they were moses on mount sinai and they they saw the promised land and they can come back and understand when they hear people spouting off or when, you know, they, they recognize handball when they see it now. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it was a, it was a great experience. 
I mean, just going to Portugal is a cool place to go to. Yeah, I mean, uh, playing handball at the same time. I, I was a little surprised, though. I mean, in, in terms of uh, not knowing anything about the players, you know, other than that they hadn't been playing very long, it seemed, it seemed like a little bit too much too soon. Why? Yeah. Um, well, if you, if you are at a, a, a low level and you haven't played the game before, very much. You haven't even played any real matches against uh, experienced players. Um, Just because and, and that's part, part of the reason. City, John doesn't mean they haven't played in a match. Well, I, I guess what I'm saying, I'm just, I'm just looking back from my own experience and in, 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 in at a level of, of skill level where I could go learn something with a, with a pro team. And you can always learn something but I had, you know, it took me a few years to get to a level where I could have gone into that sort of environment without being playing too much catch up, if you will. You know, um, there's a level, there's a level that you, you know, you, you gradually rise up to is what I'm getting at. And you guys went pretty high level pretty quick. And, and that's why, that's why I was a little bit skeptical when I, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, wow, that's, you know, usually, you know, you know, take, take Jordan Fithian. I mean, he, he hadn't been playing very long. He went, he played on an Ober, Oberliga club. Now maybe that's, a, you know, in Germany and that's the fourth division, maybe Portuguese second division is, is roughly at that level so that you can go in and there's a, there's a, you, you want to play against people better than you but you don't want to play with people too much better than you. I mean, uh, otherwise you're playing. You, it limits what you can learn. Yeah. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Like, okay. and okay. For as much as I'll talk about um, dominating American handball, um, it would just not be, if they were going there to like to play against these guys. Yeah. You're 1000% correct. Yeah. That would be unfortunate, but they were going there to learn and, and sporting had the understanding that we were going there to learn. There was no, um, um, misunderstanding as far as, um, you know, we're trying to beat out people who've been playing since they were five years old. We're, we're going there to learn. Okay. So that, that's, that's great. And, you know, but that, and that is some of the context I could not cover context. from social media. Yep. And, and whether, you know, in particular, if you had like the, the guy who said it was uh, one of their coaches, if, if they got some one-on-one training on like how you need to do this, how you need to do that, that would be phenomenal. You know, I, I was more concerned on the, on the part of, you know, you know, it's, it's kind of like throwing the baby in the, in the, in the, in the pond and, you know, see if they can swim, you know, that, yeah. that's a method of teaching somebody how to swim, but arguably it's not the best method. <laughs> you see what I'm getting at? I know what you're saying. Yeah. It'd be better to have, uh, you know, an experienced swim teacher, you know, go through the process in a systematic way to, to, you know, learn how to swim. <laughs> Unfortunately, experienced handball coaches are in short supply in the United States of America. So we may do, and yeah, no, it was a, it was a very positive experience and um, it was good. It was yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's, let's dive into, you know, I, I did get some questions and I don't want to, I don't want to forget about those, uh, questions um i got them from uh, josh forsthoffel 
And uh, I don't know if they're directed to me. Maybe they were. <laughs> Maybe, they, but we can talk about them. Um, why do people assume a new club will be unsuccessful? Why do you think, John? Because so many have been unsuccessful. <laughs> There's a lot of data to back that up. Um, and, you know, that was part of the reason why I had that discussion with you a year and a half ago um, uh, to, to kind of get a handle on what your chances of success and, and where things might be going. But from my perspective, there's a, there's a graveyard of uh, clubs that were around for a year or two and disappeared. My goodness, Denver is on its fourth incarnation now. Four different clubs. What are, we, what are we counting as clubs? Are we counting Instagram accounts with a logo? Um, or, or like a one-off? So, so Denver, the first three versions, they played matches. Okay. Uh, and they were around, you know, the first couple were around for several years before they died. The, the last one was around for a couple years, but they never really got, they played in some matches, um, but they didn't get super amount of traction. Um, and the fourth version that just started recently right now, that's an Instagram club, but they could become something who knows. But I, I my, my point is it's tough to start a new club and you know, even with the best intentions and willing to really work hard, there's, there's a lot that have failed. Um, and um, I think more can be done to help those clubs. And, and maybe you guys will be a shining example, you know, with your, you know, championship banners flying in the Masonic temple as you uh, uh, are an inspiration to other new clubs out there. You joke. I can't, you will be invited to our <laughs> banner raising ceremony, John. Yeah. Um, but that's my perspective. I mean, do you agree with me? I mean, you haven't been around as long as I have, but maybe you. Um, yeah, you were around when handball was invented, right? <laughs> not, not quite, um, but uh, I've been around a while. The Aztecs were throwing around balls of thrown around rocks off their hips. That was yeah. Um, he also, also said, why is trying something new seen as bad? Um, I think I, I don't necessarily see something new as being bad. Um, I think I, I kind of judge what's being tried a little, a little bit, you know, and this is, this is where I go back to the Gautier Mouvambi. It's a little bit, it's like, you know, throwing stuff up against the wall and seeing what will stick. And, and I get that as a, uh, as a strategy sometimes because you don't know what's going to work until you try it. Um, I like to think uh, a little bit more thought in terms of, you know, what's being tried. Um, sure. And, and also a lot of things that are new aren't really new. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, like the little league, the league that you've started with Grand Rapids and, and, and hand training that was done in Atlanta. Um, they had, uh, they had like a smaller local league. They called it the bird league, you know, and they had different, uh, you know, condor started it, but they had like, uh, they just picked different birds and they, they divvied up the teams. So they had some experienced guys with new guys and they played a, they played a league and it was handball, but like, it was YMCA's or what? Um, you know, I think it was tied in with the boys and girls club. I don't know if they had one central location, 
but it was kind of a rec league concept to, you know, it was kind of a feeder program for the condors. Sure. Um, Very cool. So, yeah, no. Um, and, uh, yeah, the league with a, uh, yeah, no, that's interesting. Um, to, to go to the first question, um, you, you, you said it, John, it's, it's very challenging. This is like a tremendously challenging thing to do and especially to do it um, to a personal standard that I want to do it to. Like I want to do this to the best of my ability. I, I, everyone does, I hope, uh, especially this just is a very important thing, this sport and the development of the sport and to tr do anything less than your best is a tremendous disservice. So um, that's, that's taxing, that's very difficult. Yeah. And, um, you know, back to what we were saying earlier, the, um, the showing up to a gym that you paid to rent out and have nobody show up multiple times uh, to go through the slog, to go through the, um, just the, you know, feeling like an idiot driving around, driving home and just feeling like, wow, I'm just the stupidest person on earth. I don't even know if stupidest is a word, but um, that requires a certain level of intestinal fortitude that really, and I could be wrong because I'm a young man and I haven't done much with my life, but um, I have the sense that anything you do that's really worth doing requires that level of sacrifice and that level of um, just get through it and put your nose to the grindstone. Uh, whether it's starting a, a coffee shop, whether it's starting your career, maybe as an attorney or as an accountant or whatever, or just really starting anything, you have to troubleshoot. You have to be okay with being wrong a b b looking like an idiot sometimes maybe um but just being enthusiastic and caring about it um and, and being aware that you know it's going to suck at at times um has that's helped me get through that so hopefully that helps other people if you thinking of starting a club just to just to put your put your guts to it and just don't stop. And there was a second question there. Oh, um, what was the second question? Oh, they're trying something new. Yeah, new something new seen as bad. And then there's a third one, um, which speaks a little bit to the uh, the divide or perceived divide between the older handball community and the newer handball community. Mm. Um, yeah, that uh, it's hard to get included, if you will. And I think you talked a little bit about that in earlier yeah i don't think that's real i don't i think that's perceived quite a bit because if you reach out to people they're, they're this community is full of like good people like everyone's nice and um i think there is a very very real divide in thinking and in mentality about how the how things should go about and that's you're going to find that in any community or group yeah um, I, I i agree with you and i think you know, if we can stage the challenge match with you and NYC, I think that that would be phenomenal. And it'd be a great coming together of the old and the new uh, on the court. And then surely afterwards, which is always a, a great thing about handball. We would have, regardless of the outcome, a, a great time. And um, like, I really respect and admire new york city and everything they do and like to even again just to be mentioned with them is tremendous uh, tremendous compliment and to have the opportunity to play against them would be uh, a great challenge but something i think we're ready for yeah well 
I'm getting ready to wrap this up. I was going to give you a little bit of opportunity to talk about anything you wanted to. And I, I know one thing uh, we didn't mention earlier, but uh, you got a documentary you guys are working on. You want to talk about that a little bit and then anything else that you want to uh, uh, discuss before we close up. Well, before we get to that, I got a question for you, John. Oh, okay. That's okay. Is that allowed? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, what does what does success look like as far as handball goes in the U.S.? What, in your mind, what is the, um, you know, okay, finally we've we've made it, like even to a just a bare requisite level, like describe that to you, to me, and everyone. Well, I, I think you have to do it in in terms of. Uh timeframes well you know even just like i mean you, you, like you could you could talk you could talk where, where we're at 40 years from now 20 years from now five years from now and you're going to get a different answer as, as terms of, of, of what is success and well, give me the 40-year version i want to see like what well, is the terminal here, here's here's something conceptual and i don't know if you've ever met christer christer all he was one of the old guys he was the oldest guy reffing <laughs> at Myrtle Beach. Okay. Uh, sorry if I've offended you. Maybe there are somebody, some folks older. You offended all the guys who were older than him at Myrtle well, Beach. Well, you know, and Christer was actually the head of officiating for the IHF for several years. He was the guy, you know, lead responsible for determining who was going to ref Olympic game matches, world championship matches, deciding rule, rule changes. He wasn't the only guy, but he was the uh, chairperson for that committee. But one, one, one time he brought up the point of um, how things were in the early 80s. You know, they had a, a collegiate championship with eight games. The, the U.S. women beat Russia in a match in D.C. Um, you know, we had Olympic festivals. Teams were playing. Nationals were competitive, you know, a lot of Americans playing. And – you know, he says, if anybody had told me, you know, that we would have regressed, you know, from that, you know, instead of had gone, you know, and this is 40 years ago, you know, even before my time, um, he would, he said he would have just like, you know, I don't know exactly what he said. He said, I would have just walked away and, 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 and crushing disappointment. Um, so I think, I think it's important to, to think about baby steps before we, we go on. It's, it's good to have a long-term vision, but it's, I don't think it's, I think it's, you, you want to hesitate before thinking about that long-term vision. You know, I mean, you could say, ah, we'll have a handball league that's like the NBA and we'll play in the biggest arenas and, you know, we'll have the best team, national teams in the world, et cetera. I mean, it's okay to dream big. Two years from now. What? Two years from now. What what I think I, I think handball should be more than a sport that you have to explain to people. Yeah. Um, I think uh, near term, I think we should have more college teams, um, and I think that should be the focus. And we should have a collegiate championship that means something, and we should be producing players that have the potential to, to go on to national teams have the potential to sign pro contracts. And I think, I think the collegiate leagues, collegiate programs are the place to do that. And we got to build that up significantly.
both in terms of quantity and quality. Um, in terms of our national teams, I'd like to see us always competing for the title in North America and regularly qualifying for the world championships. Um, getting to the getting to the top of the world, that's going to take a while. All right, and um, uh, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see you know the right combination of players, you know, playing for a title. Um, but that that that's not easy, and I don't know how realistic it is for us to be like the best team in the world year after year. But competitive, hey, why not? They can get the right generation of players, win a title, why not? But that's more of a 20-year probably because this is a professional sport and the best professionals that we have currently playing uh, for the most part are dual citizens and they're playing in second divisions. They're not playing, you know, they're playing in lower level leagues. To expect that level of talent to rise up and win a gold medal at the Olympics is pretty, uh, pretty unrealistic. Has now, Nico Robinson broken onto the first team for Alvaro? Um, I think it was problematic for both him and Renee Ingram this year with the COVID. Yeah. So they didn't have games with the second team. So they were practicing with the first team, but they weren't getting competition. I think, I don't know for sure exactly. So I don't know what the, what their status is. Hopefully we'll get an update on all of our, uh, um, players in the F's in the forum club handball program. I don't know what their status is. I don't know what the plans are for next year. We'll see. <laughs> you just keep going on. You just keep diverting me into additional tangents. I mean, there's so, there's literally so few people on the face of the earth that I can have a conversation like this with. I got, I got to use the opportunity when I can, John. And, um, and a little side note too. I mean, Renee, Nico, and I think there's a few others, uh, you know, they, thank you for being good at handball because otherwise I would have been chasing windmills to try to make my way on the national team. As hey, and, I, and they might be second and third behind Pal Murkowski. I think they probably are. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I mean, personally, I, I I like to take credit for teaching Renee everything he knows. Like we're roommates in, in Paraguay, so Renee, you're yeah. welcome. No, you know, um, <laughs> I'm saying you, there's a lot of goals. I think I think it's important that we get near-term goals. Yeah, and we could do a whole podcast on this. Maybe we'll do one in a month. We or should something like fun. that. Um, I don't know if you want to tackle that briefly before we try and wrap up with the documentary. Or, okay. well, but I mean, before we get to that, because that's, we talk about that. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's interesting about the 80s. That's very interesting. I think, too, there needs to be a sense of, like, responsibility. And I, everyone, a lot of people have it. But we need more of that and accountability for this problem does not get solved by anyone else other than the person looking at you in the mirror. Like, if you have that mentality, and that's kind of the mentality we try to bring is, there's, we, you, you can't try to outsource the problem solving to anyone else or anything. Work as a team, obviously, there's a great community of people, but like yeah. if, you know, for all the social media and stuff that we do here in Detroit, like everyone knows if, if we fall on our face, I'm going to look like a clown, right? And so whether that's a good or a bad thing, that's just me being honest as far as like, 
I take this personally. I take accountability and responsibility for for this, and um, it motivates me to to bring it. Even if I know there's going to be nobody at this practice, you just got to show up, and you got to do it because you know what? You don't know. You just got to grind away at it. Well, you know that's that's all well and good, but there's only so many things that you can personally control. Very true. Very so, true. You can control. You can control what Detroit does to a certain extent, but controlling, controlling what the U.S. does, what the IHF does, that's a little bit more challenging. You you can influence, and you can be ready to step up to help. Uh, you know, on a on a more macro level, but. Uh, there's only so much you can do sometimes there is but you know what again not to even just say Detroit America is the land of opportunity America is the land of opportunity yeah. you can you can you have the opportunity here and I'm sure it's the same everywhere else but I mean I'm all, all I know is the United States of America as somebody who's grown up here there's so many ways that you can make an impact if you just relentlessly pursue Whatever it is, you, you can make something happen. I think that's we're an example of that, and we're not going to stop anytime soon. But like, to be creative, to think outside of the box, to be beyond the pale. This, this. I mean, you said that that intramural idea has been done before, but I mean, in my lifetime, it hasn't yeah. been. So we're, we're we're reviving that. Um, be beyond the pale and just think creatively. You, you can. There's endless opportunities. Yeah. You know, there's also the serenity prayer. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I love the yin to the yang thing we got going, John. Yeah. Well, one last chance to talk about your documentary before we wrap up. Yeah, so the documentary is a uh, it's a project we've been working on since 2019. Uh, we linked up with a amazing film producer named Andrew Acioli. Got that name right? Nailed that. There you go, Andrew. I usually struggle there. Um, and we were fortunate enough to have him pretty much follow um, the club from its inception in 2019, from that first video we made um, to planning for nationals, to our first practices, to literally everything we've done up to last Saturday. So um, we're, we're documenting that and we're, we're putting it out in a way that is um, professionally done and compelling for, for people yeah. to watch. What's going to be the end point? We're figuring that out right now. We have no idea. <laughs> how about how about the uh, how about the challenge match between NYC? That's out of my hand, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you might have to do some creative editing. You might have to just. Uh, do some, uh, yeah. Well, CGI hey, Julie, of, uh, New York. Yeah, I really enjoyed chatting with you. I know we got off on a few tangents, but uh, like I said, there's only so many people you can talk about handball in the U.S. Maybe we'll explore some of those topics in, in greater detail. Maybe you and JD can on your podcast. Uh, I can always come on as well to, to chat uh, on those sorts of topics. There's no shortage of uh, big things happening, big questions, big debates. Sure. Um, you should have a handball haven guy. You should talk to him. I would be interested in watching that. <laughs> Well, you know, he's he knows 10 times more about social media than I do. That might not yeah, mean too learn. much. Maybe you can learn, man. <laughs>
So anyway, for Joey Williams, I'm John Ryan. Thanks for listening to the Team Handball News Podcast. Be sure to uh, follow us on social media and to uh, sign up for it in your favorite podcast uh, delivery system, Spotify, Apple. Uh, I like Feedly. There's all sorts of possibilities. Anyway, thanks for listening. Ah. <laughs>